Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Supercoach Edge for the round six review and round seven preview. Well, we've had some bad weeks up until now in 2023, but this takes the cake. Mm. I think Johnny Cash said it best when he sung, I will let you down, I will make you hurt. And I think that sums up the cool mistress that is Supercoach Mm -hmm. and the love-hate relationship we share with her. But if it's any solace, no one was immune from the scattergun mayhem that the Supercoach gods sprayed across the competition. We had, now we probably need more fingers on hands to count this down, but the number one traded in cash cow, Matt Roberts, who many fielded going down with a knee injury and scored just 19. Then we had rookies such as Cowan, Jones, Johnson, Wilmot, Philippu, Phillips, and Sheasel deliver subpar scores of 55 or less. Then we had popular players in Goulden, LDU, JHF, Dawson, Neil, Oliver, and Grundy all underperform. But the biggest smack across the chops came to those owners of the running man, Took Miller, who went down with a knee injury for a score of just 40. And extra thoughts go out to those poor sods who not only traded him in, but also captained him. Jeez, that hurts. That's a, that's a sick, sick burn. However, as we've always said, Supercoach Edge here is a safe place. Let's just change the pace a bit. A safe place for the community to vent. And we'll be helping provide a rosy outlook for the weeks ahead. Won't we, Liam? How goes it? Mm, it was a rough week. Was a rough week. It reminds me of that Simpsons episode where I think they go to Itchy and Scratchy Land or or yep. Itchy and Scratchy World, whatever it's called, and they you know they're driving and they take the shortcut and uh, the car is you know it's got a wagon wheel that's absolutely destroyed and Homer just goes. All right, we're here. Let us never speak of the shortcut again. That is that is this round. That is this yep. round. Uh, let's Let us never speak of let's it again. try and limit the amount of time stuff we talk about with the review and try and focus on yeah. the preview because surely next week's going to be better. Uh, but to, uh, yes, and but then when we thought we were running drive rookies, so this is where we're you know look mm. forward. Yes, it's true. There were some 
on the horizon. So we'll be running through some of those uh, trading options that are coming up uh, to prepare to bring in your teams and cashing in on those cows that are all mood out. And uh, we'll be continuing with some more positivity because that's what we want here. Um, as we uh, look at some juicy primos that have bottomed out in price and are ripe for the picking, along with some that you might need to think about for future weeks and some on the horizon to work into your trade plans in the weeks to come. Absolutely. Summed up nicely there uh, because there are juicy, there's a lot of juice, a lot of juice to be squeezed out of uh, the next few weeks. So don't give up on your super coach just yet. Stick along with us because we'll try and help you out of the rut that round six has got everyone in. But of course, if you're not following us on socials where we post, of course, the latest news, post-match super coach scores and the odd meme or two or three or four, you can do so via Twitter, which is at supercoach underscore edge. You can find myself at DamoJ88. You can find Liam at LiamEvans underscore 95 on Facebook, Supercoach Edge, Insta and TikTok. Also search Supercoach Edge. Yes, very well done. It uh, it may surprise, but there were actually some highlights somehow <laughs> from the round amongst the absolute carnage. So lucky we've got good, bad and ugly because bad and ugly kind of is exactly where this round Given. went. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so let's have a quick recap in the good, the bad and the ugly. Yes, uh, a complete uh, dumpster fire of a round. But uh, for those new to our show in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, we roll through some of the more notable and uh, more forgettable performances across the round and touch on how our own teams performed in, of course, our head-to-head rivalry as we wrestle for ultimate supremacy. Yes, yes. And let's kick off with The Good this week. And it is Labont. He rewarded those of us who uh, put the VC on him first up with a whopping 180. Uh, yeah, straight 82, up. 182, I think it was. 182. 182. 180. It was yeah. uh, some souls for owners, despite the spot fires cropping up throughout the rest of the round. I can tell you now. I thought, I, I remember seeing the 180. I remember seeing his score and thinking, we're in for a good round here. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> It's always it's always the way though, like it kind of super coaches like that, such is the cruel mistress that it is. It gets your hopes up and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I've started well. You know, there, there's I've kind of hit the ceiling and like surely you're not gonna hit the lower than the floor. Mm. And yeah, as we saw on the weekend, we just plummeted through the floor, through the floorboards mm. and smashed onto the hard earth. It was yeah. not good. And I suppose like, you know, we always talk about like Sunday, bloody Sunday. Like yep. it's always, it's always carnage on a Sunday. We had Monday and Tuesday to follow. So it was, <laughs> it was always going to be pretty bad, wasn't it? <laughs> it was drawn out and like it, of all rounds was, as well. Yeah. Like we just wanted it to end like the suffering. It was like, you know, again, another Simpsons uh, reference yeah. here with. <laughs> <laughs> He's already dead. That was us all like absolutely pummeled. We were just like, just please have it over and done with because we want to just move on to round seven. So Mm. Um, whilst I've said that, let's, uh, <laughs> let's delve into the bad and I'll get you to finish off with the ugly. So the bad is after sputtering to 115 last week against the Dons in a late charge, Clary once again had a slow start against Richmond, but again, had a bit of a late charge, but this time resulted in just 95 points and fell, uh, awfully short of the ton as he has just been able to eke out. I don't know how in previous weeks, but combined with his uh, sort of lowish score last week. And um, of course, on the weekend, we will see his price drop much to the annoyance of owners and new owners like yourself, Liam, unfortunately. 
um, but also to the joy of non-owners like myself. So I'm sorry to be a shard and fraud um, where I'm reveling in the carnage uh, when it comes to Clary, but uh, I can just smell the bacon. It's in the air. It's wafting. Mm. It's coming my way. So I am uh, licking my lips, but you've already got hold of him. So, and he's a keeper end of the day, but yeah, again, yeah. annoyance, annoyance that you haven't saved a bit of cash. Yeah. Annoying. Annoying. I mean, I kind of, I, I had a feeling that I was, it was, it wasn't, a, it was a mistake, but uh, I'll talk about it a bit later. Mm. I kind of feel like I dodged a bullet a little bit, um, <laughs> even though Clary is going to drop in price. Um, yeah. Larry, uh, <laughs> just went to your own little world. Then you were like, "Larry, we just like imagining you frolicking, like you know Billy Madison, where he just has a bit of a daydream, where it's women in like you know um, skimpy outfits <laughs> holding like you know mugs of beer, but it was just you and Clary frolicking amongst like the mud." No, it was actually just me oh. having a Vietnam flashback, <laughs> um, watching Clary just not score. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> moving on onto the ugly because got worse somehow. Got worse yeah. uh, through no fault of his own. The running man probably would get an easy mention here, um, but let's cut him some slack. I mean, we don't want to put injured players into the uh, into the ugly. Uh, so instead, we'll <laughs> sounds really harsh when we say it that way. Instead, we're going to put someone else there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In Jordan Dawson, and after scores of 150, uh, 173 and 152, he came crashing back down to earth with a score of just a 78. The other one, probably in the ugly, could have been just the, the plethora of rookies that just absolutely destroyed us this week, um, especially when we needed to rely on them. Um, they didn't rise to the occasion, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Always, always the way when you need to rely on them, like, a lot of people had obviously uh, Tom Green, yeah. Uh, but I also had Will Day as well, and mm. I had to hold him for a second straight week. And whilst Wilmot did well, I'll delve into my team in a moment. But Wilmot did well the previous week. This week he absolutely killed me, um, mm. as did uh, Cowan and the like. So let's use that as a bit of a segue into uh, sort of the the shitness that was with our own teams. But there was a little bit of upside, so. I ended up scoring uh, 2,188. And surprisingly, actually, even though I thought I was a little bit above par, considering uh, all the other scores that were in my leagues and stuff, I didn't expect to actually go up as much as I did, which I went up uh, a touch under 10K in ranks, uh, up nine uh, 9,654 spots. Mm. Now sit inside the top 15K with a rank of 14,315. So... Uh, super stoked with that, considering uh, where I've sort of come from and what the weekend that was. Um, but in terms of trades, I did continue the two down, one up strategy, um, bringing in Sinclair at the expense of Jinbi or Ginby or Gin and Toddick, whatever you want to call him, uh, and ended up cashing in McKenzie and Baker for Johnson and Roberts. And yes, like we mentioned, my round started like a house on fire, as uh, I did for most of us who had the VC on Bont first up. And then had Rosie raising the bat with 126, but it went downhill from there, just rolling <laughs> down the hill and it wouldn't stop. And uh, with Day and Green, as I mentioned, uh, warming the bench due to suspensions, I had to rely on not one, but two rookies more than what I normally would this week. And of course, they all put in a combined effort best represented by a dumpster fire. Uh, you know that meme of the dumpster fly just floating downstream? Mm. Um, that's pretty much it. That was that was my team. But Wilmot, 
scored a 39. And this is kind of encapsulates how shit the round was. So he scored a 39 and he was on my bench, had the emergency and he was on there for looping purposes in case he scored well. He didn't. So I thought I was a smart ass and I'll bring Cowan on in his place. And surely he can score more than 39. Well, he didn't. He uh, he actually scored 35. Uh, McKenna struggled also with 57. Michelini, 50. Philippou, 39. Mm. Sheasel, 53. And my new recruit in Roberts, 19. Then I had Primo's and LDU put up a 72 and Goulden with a 47. Um, so another sort of smack across a bit of a one-two punch there. Um, however, the performances of Stewart, Laird, Darcy, Jay-Z and Taranto helped prop up my team and I guess prevented it from being a complete disaster, thankfully. Also, pleasantly, on the cash cow front, Chandler kickstarted his cash gen again with 85. Once again, highlighting you know our call um, going back many, many moons ago now um, before price rises, why we emphasize the importance of prioritizing that bloke. He's just an absolute gun. And uh, he's really, I think, part of the reason why I'm going to maybe finish with a, a semi-complete side. So happy with him as a cash cow. And then also had Green and Ryan put up nice scores of 77 and 82 to continue making a spank for future upgrades. Uh, but yeah, as always, uh, for a more detailed analysis of my team and of course the trades I'm looking to do heading into round seven, head across to uh, my team talk episode, which released uh, as of uh, today, as we record this on Wednesday, the 26th of April. And that can be viewed exclusively on our YouTube channel, of course, for those who would normally consume our weekly episodes via podcast. So head across to there, check it out. And yeah, it just gives a bit of an extra insight into the trades that we make and strategies uh, that we sort of plan for uh, two to three weeks in advance. But Liam, how did you go? How did you fare? Did you come out with all of your limbs? Yes. No. (laughs) No. I mean, I went up. I went up, which was nice. Um, oh, 2,121, good. which I, like you, kind of thought, oh, shit, what's going to happen here? Um, but I went up. Went up 8,451 spots to sit, ranked 38,141, which it's it's the right way. You know what? That's it. We're going the right way. There's only one way. It's up right now. Exactly. Um, ah, that that uh, that calls for a bit, of a, uh, a bit of a throw to the old song, which we haven't used yet. The only way is up, Liam. The only way is up. <laughs> Got to bring that back because I think, I don't know, Ugh. maybe it's good luck charm. I don't know how it worked out maybe, last year, but maybe the only way literally is up. So well, it could be down, but let's just go up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Into the mon. Uh, yeah. So uh, like you, I had some absolute rookie carnage. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I think, so I had a work event on, I was in Tasmania overnight, basically, uh, on Friday night. Didn't really pay much attention to Supercoach as much as I probably should have. Um, and probably shows a little bit uh, because I did end up missing a few of the, uh, a few scores. Uh, so like I forgot Wilmot, I forgot, I forgot that I needed to, you know, try and loop. So I had Wilmot, which ended up working out well with his 39 um, not too worried about his 35, uh, over Cowan's 35. So that worked oh, out. That worked, out, worked out a in, treat. In some way. But then I, I did try and loop Johnson. Uh, and I thought, Johnson, 35, oh, I can't take that. Roberts, get on my yep. field. And uh, that didn't work out as well. Uh, I'm trying to look across the field. Yeah, I had Phillips. I had Philippou. Oh, uh, subbed. Yeah, subbed. Uh, Sheasel, 53. Goulden, 47. Uh, at one stage... 
I didn't loop. I was going to loop Chandler um, over green. Um, just didn't have green with the E because I needed Madden for the VC score for Bont. And I was like, oh, here we go. Green's going to score, you know, bloody 77 and Chandler's going to score 50. There's another 30, 30, you know, 20, 20, 30 points that I'm going to miss. But no, luckily yeah. that worked out in my favor for once. Um, yeah. And I bought Clarion for a 98. For a 98. Uh, anyway, made the three trades this week, similar to you, Damon, um, Jinbi, Ginby, um, he became Roberts, uh, did not work out well there. Baker became Johnson. Um, yeah, I guess that probably will work out longer term, hopefully. Yeah. And Setterfield did become Clary Oliver, which. Will work out longer term. Will work well. out long term. I mean, Setterfield didn't score as well as Oliver this round anyway. So that worked out yeah. instantly. Yep. Worked out an absolute treat. Uh, yeah, I kind of just brought in Oliver. I I needed to do something. Brought him in. Um, just try and climb up the rankings. Um, despite his poor score, I'm actually not too concerned. I dodged a few bullets. Um, as I was considering Tuk Tuk Miller, didn't go him, so that worked out well. Um, for me, not not for anyone else that did mm-hmm. go him, and I feel very sorry for anyone that did. And Jordan Dawson was the other one as well. Um, oh, yes. so despite his drop in price. At least he outscored those two this round. And I probably yeah. would have actually screamed if it was Miller as well. If I'd taken oh. Miller, I probably would have just given up. Given up. Yeah. It's rough. It's, it's a rough game. It is the roughest of games. Very unforgiving. But mm. I mean, um, I guess bypassing Jordan Dawson and stuff, like kind of like works in with what we've been saying, like, you know, it's all well and good to go for guys that are in some hot form but they're obviously at a higher price point on pretty much their highest price point. So you have to pay a bit of a premium for it. So hopefully, you know, it's a bit of a silver lining for those of us who haven't got Jordan mm. Dawson um, because he is going to sort of drop in price um, and be someone to target over the coming weeks. So um, yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the positives to look forward to, but yeah, it took, took me a lot. It's just unfortunate. And the other reason I didn't go for him either was because the port youngster ended up being the sub uh, who was on the bubble and if he actually ended up being selected, I probably would have gone for him ahead of um, uh, Johnson from Frio. Mm. And I would have gone for Tuk Tuk Miller. So it's literally just out of pure luck circumstance that uh, I too wasn't caught in the running man's mm. web. You could probably call it. So yeah, it was unfortunate. But uh, enough of that. Let's head on to our head-to-head, Liam. And uh, in terms of how he's sh- shaping up. So I've gone uh, another game ahead. Uh, five wins, uh, and you have just the one. Uh, but long season, Liam. Long season. You can still come back. Only yeah. Four, yeah. Only four. I, I remember, remember. That is a good happened. point. That is a good because point. Because I do, back. I do refer to um to JP, who is one of our loyal mm. listeners, uh, who is in uh, one of my long-standing cash leagues that I've been involved with, who always likes to have a bit of individual head-to-head with myself. And I think <laughs> last year I was behind by about seven games. Yeah. And I ended up coming back and beating him. So uh, it can happen. So uh, don't worry. I'm mm. not getting ahead of myself just yet. Yeah. <laughs> but there's but, different circumstances there, but. Uh... Oh, there is, there is to do with, uh, no, I was going to say skill level, but uh, other things as well. <laughs> like, um, but <laughs> hopefully he was not listening to this. He doesn't listen to this, uh, but in terms of points for and points against, so the differential stands with me yes. 240 points ahead of yourself. And yes, yep. obviously the four games ahead, but now, Liam, now that I've got Clary, 
240 points, that's nothing. Clary's going to make that oh. this week. Uh, against North, exactly <laughs> right. And that's probably a good segue as well, because let's delve into <sighs> that. He is one of the guys you could actually potentially think about bringing in off the back of that. Mm. Uh, so let's delve into uh, our next segment, and it is The Price is Right. Show me the money. For those tuning in for the first time in The Price is Right, uh, we discuss potential trades, trade targets from week to week, and whether a specific player under question should even be traded at all. And we'll also look at players, we'll look into the future, look at the horizon and, and think about players that uh, you need to have on your, have on your watch list, have on your plans. Uh, for future weeks, but let's kick off with the 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 players that, unfortunately, it's time time to move them on, and that is in going going gone. Do you want to kick off, Damon? Yes, uh, let's kick it off with the obvious one, and it is mm. the running man. Uh, unfortunately, he was reduced to the crawling man after doing his knee. Unfortunately, but not season ending. So. Yeah, Again, silver linings could have been worse, but I mean, it's no solace really for those owners out there that have to trade him. Um, has been ruled out for the short to medium term after sustaining uh, what they're calling a lateral meniscus tear in his left knee. And yes, that will obviously, unfortunately, require a trade. Upside is that he's still priced around the range that allows you to reach for the likes of a lead, bond, or an opportunity to pay up for that uh, pink sweaty pig in Oliver. Or save 150k by going for someone like a Will Day, who's kind of still on the cusp. We don't know if he's going to be a keeper or not, but again, scoring well and save you a bit of cash to use for future upgrades. Tookie Miller is priced at 592.6. So um, yeah, he's sort of in the range where you can do something with it. And we'll probably discuss that in a little bit more detail as the main talking point to round out this uh, this segment. Yes, yes. Um, let's... Let's touch on that later. So let's jump into the next guy. And it's really a list of rookies now, but we'll kick off with Darcy Wilmot, who has defender midfielder status. He is 251.6K. He's averaging 57.5 with a break-even of 38 this week. And he's already made 127.7K if he started him this season or before his first cash uh, price rise. Uh, he's one to consider moving on, obviously, with his break-even rising very quickly. He did have a poor score on the weekend with that 39, which was actually his lowest for the year. Mm. Um, so I guess there's a silver lining there, if you want to look for it, uh, is that his lowest score was above his break-even, but just. Okay. Uh, but the one thing I guess that is positive is three and five round average is still well above his break-even. Um, so he could be one to hold um, for the time being. Um, I just hope that it was an off game. And that defender mid status probably... You could hold him another week, I think, or at yeah, least. Comes in handy. Comes in handy. Yeah, a lot of these guys as well. Probably uh, you may consider as sort of in the other sort of category that we go through, yeah. which is on the chopping block. But um, so let's move on to another potential candidate to move on, and it is Lockie Cowan. He's priced at 204.8K, averaging a 44.7 with a break-even of 41. And he has gone up in value to the tune of 87.5K, and he's actually another who had his lowest score for the season with a 35, uh, with his break-even of 41, veering very close to his three-round average of 42.7. But uh, I think probably in his case, more so, it's unfortunate that uh, I think it's probably time to move <laughs> Cow. And I like that you've added that in there, Liam. Uh, that's that's your gag. So <laughs> I like that. There's a cash cow. Double, double move... cow gag there. Yeah, you got to move. 
Groove on the cow. And... <laughs> groove on the cow. Oh, oh poor Lockie. But yeah, as a, as a cult man, I can say from what I've seen, and especially on the weekend, he just, he looks like he needs a rest. Mm. He's um, obviously six weeks into his career. Wouldn't surprise me given that if he is given a bit of a rest, we've seen that already with, you know, Jimby being subbed. We've had McKenzie being, um, uh, he's been the sub and been rested as well. So uh, it's not outside the realms of possibility that he could get a bit of a rest. And we've had uh, Ching Cotter as well come into the side. So there's a bit of room to potentially give him a bit of a rest. So keep that in mind as well. Yes, agreed there. Uh, next up, we have Mateus Filippo. Uh, mid forward eligible 261.8 K he has an average of 58.8 for the season. His break even is 44 and he has uh, gone up 95 K uh, overall. And he's another, <laughs> this is like the running theme. He's yeah. another who had their lowest score for the season on the weekend. Uh, so he is Shock on the trade table of this week. His score of 39 um, and has a break even of 44, but his three and five round averages are pretty consistent at 55.7 and 55.4. So it could be another one to hold for another week and hope for a decent score, considering he's averaging 58.5 and sorry, 58.8. Oh my God, numbers are not working for me today. And his break even is 44. So could eke out another little bit of cash for you. Uh, so maybe one to hold. As yeah. Well. Yeah. He, uh, I think all these rookies here, there's a common theme. They all mm. just wanted to score within the 30 range. Um, all of them. So far, like that we've mentioned, just putrid. But I mean, that's running theme. The super coach guys are like, no, nah, you get a 30 score. You get a 30 score. You get it just Oprah style. Hey, have a look under your seats. There's a 30 <laughs> score. Ah, classic. Uh, but let's move on to the next player. And it comes in the form of uh, Max Michelini or Michelini. And he's a defender. He's priced at 311.8K with an average of 67.5 and a break-even of 69, did it for two. And he has gone up 175.6K. But again, keeping that theme going, had his, uh, not, not not the lowest score overall, but his second lowest score. So at least it's a little bit better um, for the season on the weekend against the Hawks with a 50. Uh, his break-even of 69 is also higher than all but two of his scores, uh, which were an 82 and 103 in rounds three and four. So this also inflates his three and five round averages, 71 and 69.6 respectively. However, if you can make his break even of 69, which he's projected to do so according to super coach plus his break even would then fall to 60, 43, a 50 and a 55, meaning there's potentially still some cash to be made potentially, albeit small amounts, unless he posts a huge score like he did in round four. So again, you can probably apply that to all the rookies really. If they have mm. a, a big, one breakout game, um, which kind of is what we saw with uh, with Chandler on the weekend from the D's uh, to really kickstart his cash generation. All these guys could potentially do the same, but again, that's that's just part and parcel with rookie roulette. We don't know if that's going to happen, obviously. So, um, yeah, he is another guy to consider using as a bit of a stepping stone to a fallen primo. <clears throat> Agreed. And now moving on to Young Hawk, Cam McKenzie. Mid-forward eligible, 245.1K, averaging 57.5 with a break-even of 79. Uh, he was on this list last week, and for good reason, as he actually lost 18.2K on the weekend. His break-even is also now 79, and so he's going to likely continue to lose cash with the sub-affected 14 from round five still in his 
uh, rotating a three-week average. And so he has gone up 64.8K, but obviously um, that's dropped by almost 20K. Um, had just 68% time on ground and 27 CBAs. And for him, not good that Will Day is coming back because you'd expect those to drop, no doubt, um, as he comes back this week. So he's an easy cash-in for a rookie on the bubble this week, I think. Um, you'll get you get a decent amount if you trade him to a um a Mitchell, a Seamus mm-hmm. Mitchell is but nobody you're gonna get quite a bit, quite a bit. Yep. Uh yeah, a fair bit. And yeah, that's that's a good point as well that you've made about uh CBAs mm. and whatnot, because over the past two games where Day's been absent, his CBAs of all sort of mm. pri- when when he was playing alongside Will Day, his CBAs look like fifty two percent then dropped to 25, 17, and 7% was his lowest. Mm. And then uh, the first week that Day was missing, it rose to 28%. And then on the weekend, it was 27%. So you're going to think it's going to drop down to around about, you know, what it has been between 5 to 15% um, when Day has taken the bulk of CBA. So doesn't bode well for him. Um, looking at his, his sort of projected or longer-term break-evens, um, it can kind of, again, need sort of a semi-decent score to kick start his cash generation. But yeah, it's going to be hard to see him doing that without those CBAs, isn't it? Mm. Um, so it's going to be uh, one to consider moving on. But let's move on to the next category and it is on the chopping block. And these are probably more genuine players to uh, sort of consider 50-50 chances. Um, don't necessarily have to move them on. And the first one is Oscar Baker of the Dogs uh, as a midfielder. He's priced at 258.5K, averaging a 58.7 with a break-even of 37. And he has gone up a nice and juicy 134.6K. And he went up another 6.4K on the weekend, but his break-even remains low enough for you to keep him if you can. If you can average around 63 over the next three weeks, he will continue to rise 10K at a time. However, if he scores lower than that, his cash generation could come to a halt as soon as next week. So... Is pretty good depth slash bench cover off the bench at minimum and one you can afford to hold in the short term. But if you need to punt someone in order to uh, make cash required to bring in a primo uh, with another sort of stepping stone type player, there's uh, no harm in punting him. Moving on to Connor McKenna, defensive eligible, obviously 302.6K. He's averaging 71 with a break even of 62 and he has made you 135. 0.1k. Now he went up another 14.8k on the weekend, and his break-even, while while on the high side at 70 uh, at 62, is still achievable for him. With both his three and five round averages being 66 on the dot and 66.6, very consistent. Um, mm, with uh, projected scores, yes, with projected scores around the 60s for the next few weeks, he is actually projected to go up another 25k by round 11. Uh, which basically ends up being around the time of his buy. So he could potentially hold, if he can just keep going in the 60s, which looks like he could, mm-hmm. um, you should be able to hold him until the buys and then offload him and you'll make another 25K-ish. Yeah, no, I like it. That's a good point. And now is probably a good time as well, uh, more than ever, to start looking at, even when it comes to guys who you're considering trading out, like you've, you've made a point of there um, rightly so, but also guys that you're bringing in at the moment, mm-hmm. just have a look in terms of how it balances out your buy structure. Cause you don't want to be left high and dry, um, especially in the first week of the buys. Um, and you're found scrambling, trying to get in, you know, stop gaps in the form of rookies that could play one or two games and thereabouts, which you don't want. So 
keep that in mind over the next few weeks leading into the buys. But very good point there. Uh, let's move on to the next category, and it is uh, the the more positive of all these, uh, and it is get them in. So let's kick it off with the Cogs, Stephen Canilio, uh, as a mid-forward. He's priced at 499.2K, averaging a 102.8 with a break-even of 49. And Cogs did arrest his falling price with a handy 136 points against tough opposition in Brisbane too, to his credit. Went up 13.6K on the weekend and with a break-even of 49. The time to jump on him is now, given he comes at a 58.5K mm-hmm. discount on his starting price and that low break-even. Uh, speaks for itself. Currently the fifth best scoring forward and has uh, reaffirmed his spot as a top six scoring forward come the end of the season. I think a lot of people that uh, had started with him, I know some people have been frustrated with his up and down scoring, but again, just keep in mind that um, even more so now after this week, his ownership's gonna gonna jump. So anytime he has a down score, just keep in mind it's gonna it's gonna affect the vast majority of other coaches in the competition as well. So keep that in mind. But juicy, juicy player to bring in. And I guess to an extent, I know he's up and down with scoring, but the fact that he's the fifth best scoring forward still, that's a positive. Mm. If he's not scoring, you know, averaging I mean he's averaging 102.8, that's that's not bad. That's not bad. Moving on, next guy on the list, Rory Laird, mid-eligible, 634.3K, averaging 111.5 with a break-even of 103. Now, he comes at a 69.6K discount after his slow start to the year, um, but he's finally hit his straps. His three-round average is 119.3, and his five-round average is 123.8, and that just reflects how underpriced he is in comparison to his overall average of 111.5. Ah, oh, he does face Collingwood, who he has scores of 154, 144, and 185 points against in his past three encounters. So the time to jump on is now if you don't own him already. Um, and if you ever uh, took Miller, um, I don't know, that's probably, what, 40K you have to spend? I'm not sure what took Miller. Yeah, about 40K. Yep. It's the best 40K you'll ever spend. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, we've been saying it a fair bit, uh, but silver linings, that's, that's literally one of them. If you haven't... Mm had led from the start and uh, you're getting him at that, that nice little discount as well. If you opted for Oliver over Laird and you're getting Laird in now, um, if, if Took hadn't been injured, who knows when you would have been able to bring in Laird um, and he could be going on an absolute tear. So mm. like you mentioned, good time to bring him in if you haven't got him. Uh, but let's move on to another good option. And it is Jack Sinclair of the Saints as a defender priced at 543.7K, averaging a 99.8 and a break-even of 117. So he scored the 105 on the weekend against Carlton, and yet his break-even climbed from 113 to 117, heading into round seven. As such, you could probably afford to wait on him if there is another more immediate option to jump on, such as Cogs or Laird, who we just spoke of. But if he scores like he did on the weekend, uh, you know, he's only going to lose around about 3K or so, like he pretty much did um, in round six. So no biggie if you have to wait a week when he faces North in round eight. Otherwise, he's practically ripe for the picking. Um, So yeah, I jumped on him uh, heading into round six and could have opted for Cogs and I missed out on an extra 30 points there, but yeah, much for muchness. I'm getting both in. Um, if I went for Cogs, I would have got Sinks in this week. So, yeah, it's all part of the plan, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, moving on to another defender option, uh, and it is James Sicily. Mm. Um, now, here's one you could wait. You could bring him in. 
either way. But let's go through his stats. 533.7K. He's averaging 99 with a break-even of 111. I don't know how I feel. Uh, dropped another 21.3K on the weekend. I know how I feel as an owner, and it's not good, yeah. uh, with a score of 105. <laughs> but his price drop is coming to a halt as his break-even becomes a much more achievable 111. He's currently the eighth best scoring defender, and some may say the jury is still out on him given his scoring has dropped away and only scored tons in three of his six games. Uh, with no massive ceiling games either. Uh, much like Sings, you could afford to wait a week or two, potentially. He has been made to play a more accountable role at stages this season, so it might be a safer call to wait and assess. Um, but one thing I will say, his most recent score against the Doggies, who he faces this round, is was in round 23 last season where he went 134. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Dogs, as we know, are giving away quite a lot of points to defenders. Uh, so he could be one to consider this week, obviously, if you like to take risks. Um, hopefully makes that break even, um, but could be could be in for a nice little score, hopefully. Yeah, that is if he takes the field, because uh, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, his comments about um, a Tasmanian team coming into the league and the possibility of moving to play for Tassie uh, isn't really much of an incentive. Uh, might mean that he gets lynch mobbed by uh, locals of Tasmania and uh, expats, I guess you call them, uh, <laughs> that are living in Victoria. Um, they're not happy. They're, they're not not happy at all. Um, it's a strange thing to say. I mean, considering that Tasmania are one of their main sponsors and mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of their second home ground as well. So <laughs> I did see... move as the captain of Hawthorne. Yeah. I did see someone on, on Twitter say, oh, but... They spot Tasmania sponsors him as a travel destination and he's saying he wouldn't want to live there, but he would be happy to travel there. And I'm like, I feel like you're clutching at straws there, but <laughs> all, right. all right. Was that James Sicily under like a different Yeah, it was like, that alternate... was it was Mames Missily. <laughs> Greetings, good man. Might I trouble you for a drink? I'll get out of here, Homer. Homer? Who is Homer? My name is Guy Incognito. <laughs> <laughs> that is Sicily to a T. Uh, we can see straight through your moustache, your fake moustache, <laughs> or is it real? Who knows? Let's just lynch him and find out, as they do in The Simpsons. Um, but let's move on to uh, Caleb Sarong. And this guy has been an absolute breakout contender. Um, every definition of the word. Uh, he is a midfielder priced at 594.7K, averaging a 115.5 with a break-even of 66 and as we mentioned last week, Sarong has lit up the scoring this season, dropping below 100 on just one occasion in round mm. one for a score of 70. Since then, he's gone 101, 146, 100, 146 again, and 130 on the weekend. So his ownership did actually grow from 3% to 5%. So his popularity is growing ever so slightly. People are just wising up to it. And so did his price uh, also increase as he went up another 21K. Has a projected rise of 26.8K if he can score 125 on the weekend, which is his current three-round average. So um, obviously he can achieve that quite easily. Uh, potential option for those with the injured took, looking for a replacement and a pod one at that. Wish I went for him. I could see you having having these flashback moments, Liam. Mm. Is it like, wish I went for him instead of Sicily? Wish I went for him instead of don't don't you dare players. think don't you dare think that I wish I went for him instead of the pink sweaty pig? He'll come back to bite you, and he's, he bites I pretty hard. I could have got the pink sweaty pig in cheaper. Could have got Sarong <laughs> and the pink sweaty pig in. Uh, anyway, oh, anyway, don't do this. Moving to on. Uh, let's move on to Will Day. Mid-defender eligible. I'm going to get him in. So just 
everyone beware is going to put up an absolute stinker this week. Oh, uh, 454k uh, average of 101 <laughs> with a break even of 50. Well, at least he'll go up in cash. He's not going to make sure he scores 15. <laughs> uh, he has missed the last two weeks, obviously with suspension after that dangerous tackle in the Easter Monday match. Both his scoring and his CBAs were on the up, though, before the suspension with scores of 60 in round one, followed by 98, 139, and 107 in his last game against the Cats. This increase in scoring also matched up with his increase in CBAs with 26 in round one, where he scored that 60, 63% in round two, 65% in round three, and 82% in round four. So looking at the numbers, uh, while he's been out of the side, Unfortunately, players like Cam McKenzie, uh, Ned Long, Dylan Moore, they've benefited with extra CBAs. Uh, so you'd expect him to slot straight back into the middle on the weekend. Um, and for those other players, probably just to, yeah, lose some of those CBAs. Uh, also, I think they just had a smaller mix. Like I think Warple and the like, they all took more CBAs as well. So then there's there's definitely opportunity there for him to get slot straight back in and, and get some get some good numbers there. Um, obviously I think the key question will be whether he is a season long keeper, um, whether he does fit in as your D six, is he a D six? We don't know. He's never done it before. Uh, but his recent DPP addition does help his cause. He gives you valuable flexibility and we've already seen how crazy this year is. So in a tumultuous year, DPP flexibility is going to be a massive value, I think. So that's going to, it's going to help Will Day. Even like with uh, that midfield defensive uh, DPP, he could potentially be a, you know, a valuable M9 mm. um, come the latter part of the season and then swinging between defense and midfield if someone goes down injured. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, he's someone that uh, I'm glad that I've held on to, but uh, hopefully the tsunami of new owners that jump on him now doesn't weigh and break him yeah yeah and don't break him because i've held him for two weeks and had to play the likes of stupid bloody mukau um for a score of 34 or whatever it was yeah i don't want it all to be for nothing please uh but anyway let's move on to the next category on the bubble which is of course the rookies and the one who's going to be the most popular hands down is our man seamus mitchell i should have got one of his cards ready because uh as we mentioned last week He's uh been one of the interesting um we'll call it one of the one of the big hits of uh, the mm. select card pools we've had <laughs> from a super coach perspective anyway. Yes, yes. Good old Seamus, Seamus Mitchell. So he is a defensive forward, uh priced at 123.9k, averaging a 73 with a break even of negative 75. So has looked rather good in his first two games, the scores of 67 and 79. Most pleasingly is that the fact he's been being given the responsibility of taking some kick-ins also in his first game. That shows that the coaching staff does really have faith in his kicking ability. Mm. Likewise, his time on ground was up from 69% to 87% across both games and played in defense, roaming up to the wing. Looks to have good job security at this stage and his defensive forward eligibility is handy if he's in the opposing position to Jay-Z or Sheasel in your team to provide ultimate DPP flexibility as it has done for my team um, this week, as you can see in the team talk mini episode that I've put out. Uh, he is projected to make a 53.3K this weekend if he can score at least 43. So cash in your maxed out cash cows for him and enjoy the bulk coin coming your way, which uh, I am looking forward to. I like it. I'm bringing him in. He's definitely coming in with a minus 75 break even. That's what I like to see. 
Now, moving on to next option, and it is Corey Wagner, defender midfielder, um, 117.3K, averaging 51.5, break even of minus 36. He's 64 in his second game. Was much more close to what I want to see than his 39 in his first game. But in terms of job security of the cash cows on the bubble this week, he could potentially be one with the shakiest job security. Firstly, his biggest competition for his spot in Chapman returns from injury this week, which may instantly see him lose his spot, unfortunately. Secondly, his disposal efficiency has been unreliable across his career, dating back to his time both at North Melbourne and Melbourne. Although he did clean it up on the weekend to his credit with a 78% uh, disposal efficiency. But he has shown the dangers of this, gifting a goal to the opposition on turnover. And as a mature age player, one would think coaches are less forgiving compared to, you know, a younger rookie. Uh, his DPP does come in handy though, but his long-term job security is highly questionable. And he's, it's not like he's got a massive score in that that cycle. Like it's not like he's got a hundred that's mm-hmm. going to make him skyrocket in cash um, really quickly. Um, so yeah, I'd be watching team sheets, particularly for him. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, being a little bit concerned. Yeah. He screams out to me uh, like he's almost a, um, I mean, different positions, but like a Will Brody clone can find the pill um, and works hard for it. But yeah, his kicking does let him down. Mm. He's he's someone that can't be relied upon. And yeah, mate, yeah, good point there in terms of like a, a mature age player making stuff ups and stuff. If there's someone else on the outer, on the cusp of coming back from injury um, that could take his spot. Yeah, that's that's even, even more concerning. But I uh, just wait to see for team sheets there, as you mentioned. But uh, another teammate of his is someone to potentially look at, and it is Sam Sturt, who is selectable as a forward, priced at 123.9K, averaging a 49.5 with a break-even of negative 28. And he's largely a forgotten man at Frio after having been on Frio's list since 2020. But injuries and limited opportunities have meant he has only played four games prior to this season scored 37 and 62 in his first two games, but his spot as a half forward could mean an up and down scoring pattern. As we all know, yeah. job security wise, he could lose his spot to uh, the likes of Switkowski, who I think may be making his return as early as this week or Nat Fife, um, sort of in the medium to longer term. Once they return, given he's playing a similar role in the forward half, meaning there is an element of risk in picking him. Yep. Agreed entirely. Uh, moving on, we've got Ned Long as well, mid-eligible from the Hawks, uh, 165.7K, averaging 59 with a break-even of minus 23. Now, he has scores of 67 and 51, while getting 12% and 15% CBAs for the Hawks, which just show he's got the ability to score well, but his inclusion in the side and in the CBAs had, did coincide with the suspension of Will Day. So based on that, you'd expect his job security might be shaky at best. His poor job security and his higher price tag at 165.7k does make him probably a less desirable as a downgrade option but one that we wanted to raise regardless exactly right got to cover all bases because uh there's a few out there on the bubble but uh there's really only the one that stands out amongst the Mm. pack but uh nonetheless let's finish it off with xavier o'halloran midfielder selectable uh he's priced at 202.1k averaging a 72 with a break even of negative 28 and has a higher um He's a higher priced option for your midfield and it does mean, however, he won't net you as much cash as a downgrade option and will require a higher level of scoring from week to week average wise to make cash. So he's been given opportunity through the midfield with 20% and 24% CBAs in the last two weeks. 
Um, and he's played predominantly up, up forward outside of that. And his scoring in round five was 41, followed by that 103 this round. And probably not one to pick up at this stage because uh, that 103 on the weekend really came off the back of three goals that he kicked. So he won't obviously get that every week and probably inflates his average mm. um, a bit more than what it really is or really could be. So, um, yeah, just be wary of that. Yep, agreed. Uh, let's move on to the the weight options. And first one up, and this is probably more a hold than a weight, and it is Cade Chandler. He is forward eligible, 297.2K, averaging 75.7 with a break-even of 30, and he's already gone up 173.3K. A score of 85 was a welcome sight for owners with his break-even dropping from 47 down to 30 and thereby kick-starting his cash generation all over again. He went up 17.8K on the weekend, and he's only projected to make another 10K or so over the coming weeks heading into the weekend, but he's now projected to make another 50K if he can maintain his average over the next three weeks. He's a definite hold. You'll remember how big we were on prioritizing him as a cash cow trading option um, before the price rises, and this is the reason why. And one thing that I, I'm just going to have a quick look at his run because it looks as though all his really strong scores um, – yeah, have he's nine. So he scored ninety three against the Bulldogs in round one at the MCG. He then scored ninety against Sydney at the MCG, uh, and then he went eighty five against Richmond at the MCG. I think that, um, yeah, he loves playing the, at the gym. bigger. Yeah, the biggest ground. Um, I think gives him some space to play into. Um, plays North this week at the MCG. Hopefully, he can score well there. Uh, plays at HBS uh, Heritage Bank in Gold Coast, Gold Coast yeah. and then uh, plays at the MCG again in round nine against Hawthorne, then at Adelaide Oval for against Port Adelaide, and then has a nice run of MCG games um, around heading into his bye. So yeah. wow. could make some decent cash. Mm, well, that's, uh, that's a very good pickup by you, Liam. I like that on the fly. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he's uh he's he's treated as well. So hopefully that can continue. And uh yeah, I will be holding him for as long as I can, I think. He's almost at that price point now where just to put it into perspective, like at the moment anyway, but um mm. you know, if he was to max out at that three fifty mark, uh it only takes a what, a one thirty or thereabouts to get up to somewhere or one forty to get up to like a cogs at the moment. Mm. Uh if you know, there was someone of his price point. Uh, available uh, as a fallen primo. Um, so yeah, he's going to be an easy, uh, nice little springboard to a fallen primo. So love the look of Cade, uh, but let's move on to uh, round it out. And it is Clary Oliver, the big pink sweaty pig priced at 688k on the dot averaging 123 with a break even now a hefty 171. And we finally saw the sub 100 score from his, uh, Arsenal really on the, on the weekend, although just marginally with a score of 98, it's meant his break even has shot up to 171 and he's projected to lose over 23k in the next two weeks, giving him a uh, a price of 650.4k or thereabouts. So very very juicy indeed. As I, as I said, I can I can smell the bacon. It's it's a wafting the smell. It's wafting through the door, and I'm salivating at the prospect of getting this man in. But he does face North on the weekend, like you mentioned earlier, Liam, who have given away big scores to opposition inside mids. And Clary's most recent score against the Kangas was that 178. <laughs> so could he make his 171 break even? It's, it's very much um, 
echoes of, of what uh, the situation that Tom Stewart was in where he smashed out a big score mm. and uh, going into the next week against, I think it was the Hawks and had a big break even and thankfully didn't uh, didn't break that break even that he had done historically. So hopefully the same thing happens with Clary and uh, for my sake anyways, and not selfishly, um, doesn't have uh, a big one. <laughs> Bring on the 178 if you ask me. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's jump into the rookies that are on the horizon. So these guys just look out for. We've got Alex Chincotta, uh, Ryan Angwin, uh, Ollie Lord, Mitch Nevitt, Sam Simpson, and Aaron Francis. Uh, all all to be watched as the weeks go by. Yep. So we'll uh, we'll touch on. Most of those guys, uh, if not all of them, uh, depending on if they play their second game uh, for next week's episode. So let's finish off this segment with a, a usual talking point, And it is for this week, uh, what to do with Tookie Miller. So Liam, I will um, I will hand it over to you uh, in this case here to kick us off. So yes, what shall we do with Tookie Miller? Yeah, obviously a trade. Um, he's priced at... 592.6k so you've got i'm, I'm gonna just assume you don't have any cash um to, to, to upgrade um i'm gonna look more at options that you could get to without without using any cash uh so you'll obviously be able to jump on the likes of a will day uh josh kelly patty cripps or some of these might be slightly over um but they're around that 600k mark um or under that 600k mark sorry uh patty cripps uh darcy parish um I'd love to see someone jump on uh, the likes of Caleb Sarong. If I did have Tug Miller, that's probably what I'd be looking to do. It's got that three-round average of 125.3 and an ownership of just 5.2% teams, which is nice. Nice pod. Now, another real potential pod um, is Paddy Dangerfield, who is flying under the radar just a little bit. He is priced at 544.8K. is midfield eligible. Um, so he's going to save just under 50K here. His recent scores read 103, 119, 118, and 144, and he's in just 3.4% of teams. Uh, and he's leading Geelong for CBAs of the midfield options as well um, at about 67% off the top of my head. Um, yeah. So he's one to ponder. Um, it doesn't look like – I just don't think he's going to be needed forward, so we're not going to have to worry about what we used to worry about with him. Yeah, that's a good um, point, actually. So yeah. one to consider, big, big risk, big risk. Uh, you probably need to see him finish as a top um, a top 10 defender really to bring uh, – sorry, midfielder to bring him in. Um, but could be a nice pod as well if, if that's what you like. I like it. A uh, bit of harping back to uh, to yesteryear with, uh, with Danger. So don't mind that as a left field option. But, yeah, as you summarize nicely there, uh, Liam, his price point, for Tuki is the silver lining here as mm. you are virtually spoiled for choice in terms of trading options. For me, Will Day is one who um, also a lot of people will be jumping on given it will give owners a spare mm. 150k roughly thereabouts to put towards other upgrades over the coming weeks. Uh, obviously, they're the caveat uh, in that we don't know if he's going to be a an eventual keeper. Yeah. Um, but I would be leaning towards that option, as I said, if you um, already have the likes of someone like a Laird, who I think probably should take priority. Um, again, Laird's low break even, good historical form light against the Pies, uh, could absolutely go bonkers this week and go up in price to the tune of 30 to 40K. Who knows? Like, 
it, it may be one of the last chances to jump on him. Uh, genuine captaincy option from week to week as mm. well. Um, but like I said, Will Day presents as a nice backup option. Aside from all that, if you have both of those guys, or if you don't have um, Clary and you're looking for an opportunity to get him in, he uh, is an option, obviously, to bring in. Comes at that higher price point, though, and you know, as we said, should drop a bit more in cash. So, yeah, he's probably a little bit down the list, um, even if you don't have him. Uh, because yeah, I think what you'll get out of Laird is probably uh, on par, if not um, more uh, than what Oliver's been producing in recent weeks. So uh, the uh, the tables have been turned between those two guys at the moment. But um, yeah, those are probably my top options for Tookie Miller. Yes, yes. And now I've got another talking point here, and this is very much on the fly. So I apologize. Oh, no, I like David. it. No, and it is it is um, around a particular player. Um, that we all jumped on last year. And it is whether Harry Himmelberg becomes an option this year now. Just before we kick off, so he is 385.7K. He's defender forward eligible, so got some nice DPP. He's coming at a 113.3K discount on um, his starting price. He is in just uh, 0.9% of teams. And he... The reason we're going to talk about him quickly is I'm, I'm we're, we're posing this question is just mm-hmm. on the basis that Sam Taylor has gone down with injury and uh, Harry Himmelberg played back on the weekend and we all know what he did last year when he started playing back. Yeah, exactly right. He went absolutely bananas and we benefit from that, as you mentioned, Liam. Yep. And, um, goes to show what he can produce when he's in defense because um, he... I mean, he, he plays that sort of uh, roaming, intercept, defending role uh, and just racks up the pill at will. Uh, Poet did know it. So, yeah, he um, he's someone that has come to mind. Um, Taylor, I think uh, just looking up the injury list, I think he's out for three months. Yeah, 10 to 12 weeks. So uh, there's going to be ample opportunity for Himmelberg to reclaim that spot. But I guess for me, the one caveat is the fact that he's playing obviously under a different coach now. Uh, if, it, if it was Leon Cameron, I'd be more confident because uh, he had confidence in Hilberg playing in, in that role. Um, whereas now under Kingsley, I don't know. I mean, he may be a bit of a stopgap option. He still might be a bit of a swingman in game, uh, depending mm. on uh, how the game's playing out, if they need goals up forward. Um, but I don't know. They've got also, you know, the likes of, Jack Buckley back there now as well. So they've got a little bit of depth, um, which yeah, kind of feeds into that worry that I have about him maybe being a bit of a swing man uh, and not being a sort of stay at home defender first and foremost, where we can have that confidence in knowing that he's going to be able to take those intercept marks, get those easy kick-ins, get those easy stats and really build a nice super coach score. So um, what what's the price at 385.7K? Um, yeah, he's, he's down 113.3K on his total starting price. So he's big value, but uh, I, I don't know. I think I'll probably afford to wait, I think, at this stage. I'll prefer to go for mm-hmm. guys like um, Sinclair, go for Cogs, just update, uh, upgrade my team with guys that have already dropped in price that I know are tried and tested primos or keepers and just wait and see and buy my time. I'll be happy to fork out a little bit of extra money if it gives me security in knowing that Himmelberg, you know, has a run of, you know, two, three games there where he's staying in defense and I know he can punch out consistent scores in that consistent role. So for me, I'm going to, I'm going to wait. Um, but Liam, 
Do you have any uh, any other thoughts? Would you be tempted to bring him in at the moment and take that risk? No. Probably a simple answer, no. Not yeah. at this stage. Um, it is eerily similar, though, I have to say. I think he yeah. went back against Brisbane as well for the first mm-hmm. game, played Brisbane the weekend, and it was around the 350 mark at that stage as well. So 385 is not too far off. So yeah. I don't know. History repeating, do you think? Yeah, I just wonder. No, probably not. It was much <laughs> later in the season. It was around the buys off memory. Um, yeah, around 11 it was. Actually, it was yeah. the week before the buy. And then after that, out of the buy, he scored a 187 against yeah. against North. But from then on, he, he punched out 100-plus uh, scores in every single game bar four to yeah. um, end the season. I mean, the problem there was that he did also get swung swung forward, did swing forward in those matches as well, um, yeah. even with Leon Cameron. Yeah, probably a bit early for mine. I'd want to see it again. Um, was it just an in-game move because they needed it? Um and as you said, they've got a bit more depth down there now. Potentially, he just goes back forward. Um, it's hard to tell. It's hard mm. to tell. I, I'd want to see more. Um, I mean, I know you're getting him at a real cheap price at 385.7K, but you probably need to see a bit more from him. Um, you can afford to wait a few weeks. I mean, his break even is 33, so it's not helpful. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I think I think sometimes you have to pay. It's better to pay a little bit of a premium, um, a little bit more for the for the peace of mind, I guess, mm. um, around it. So I would not be trading him in just yet. Yep, and also just looking at the injury list, uh, Phil Davis. I mean, probably take him with a grain of salt because this guy is injured more than he's not. Um, <laughs> but he's still out for another two to three weeks with the groin injury. But even so, I mean, that only gives him a window of three weeks. Uh, where if Phil Davis returns, then you'd think that, okay, well, um, he's going to kind of help shore up their defense um, yeah. as depleted as it is at the moment. And Himmelberg will either be a swingman or go back to playing in the forward line if he does start playing a bit of extra time over the coming next couple of weeks in defense. Um, so that pretty much settles it for now. But uh, maybe let's revisit this um, over the coming maybe month, maybe heading into the buys yes. um, mm. because it could be history repeating itself. Um so he might be a nice little gem as he was last year. But Liam, it's that time. That's time of the round. Do you have it ready? Yes, but I don't want to wear it this week. I feel like it's it's not <laughs> it's not fair to wear it this week of all weeks. Oh, what well, do you think do you think it's a, it's more of a punishment? Are you uh, are you talking down the uh the hat? The captain? No, hat? no, no, no. It's not that. It's more so just it I just I don't feel right wearing it knowing that uh it, it comes at a hollow victory, I guess, because you did oh. obviously pick someone that, that went down injured. So I don't, I don't want to wear it. This okay. Week. Well, the, uh, the second we are referring sit to. here for this, for this moment. <laughs> okay. I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. But it's not being worn. We'll see. Oh, very, very, very noble of you. Very noble. I just don't feel right. No, it's a win. It's a win's a win. It's a win. It's a win. I mean, it's, it's, it's still, it still counts. Yeah. Still counts. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but we'll get into, uh, get into why yeah. it is in, in the moment. Mm. But um, yes. Yes. In, uh, sorry. And I'm the captain now. We chat about uh, what VC and C options you've, we've got. We've all got for the coming week. As always, uh, we've scrounged through the data and we have found the best options for you to consider. And we're going to kick off with vice captaincy options on Friday night with a Rowan Mitchell against Port Adelaide on Friday, 7.50 p.m. at Marshall. Marvel. Rowan, what did I say? 
He just changed his name to uh, Rowan Mitchell. Oh my god! I think you got Seamus in your brain. Seamus on, on the man. on the brain, which is fair enough because he's an absolute gun. Well, his cards are worth a fortune, an absolute fortune. <laughs> well, uh, no, I'm talking about Rowan Marshall, not yep. not some new, not not Seamus, <laughs> not Seamus. Are oh, you talking about Seamus Marshall? Yeah, Seamus oh. Marshall. That's him. <laughs> anyway. He is playing against Port on Friday at 7.50 at Marvel Stadium. And he has an average of 97 in his last four games against Port uh, with scores of 86, 69, 143, and 90. And uh, not much to write home about there, but it should be noted that the power do give away the second most points to opposition Ruckman. So, I don't know. Does Marshall yeah. go big? Maybe. Maybe. He's going to play, what, Teekle? I think Teekle's now in the right yeah. for the Port. Um, maybe, but Marshall's that out of form at the moment anyway. Like he could play the inanimate carbon rod and still score an 80 odd. So yeah, I'm not satisfied with, with, uh, Ooh. Marshall. considering Gorn's back, he's on notice, but, uh, Ooh. he may be saved with Gorn getting a DPP in round 12. So, uh, we'll, we'll revisit this Ron Marshall in the, um, in the team meeting. Uh, but, uh, the other option is Lockie Neal against Frio on Saturday at 1.45 PM at the Gabba and has an average of 112.3 in his last three games against the Dockers, which has been a little bit up and down with scores mm. of 87, 171, 79. And he actually hasn't been the most reliable of scorers to date, but faces his old side at the Gabba. So, uh, could be more of a left field pot option more than anything, but, um, yeah, it's kind of one of those weeks I think where it depends upon who you have in your side. Um, and as a bit of a point of difference, he's a vice captaincy. He could go large um, if you use it as a bit of a um, sort of a bit of a pot option in comparison to say one of the more popular options. Which are the next two players coming up, Liam? And the first mm. of which is Marcus Bontempelli uh, against Hawthorne Saturday at four thirty-five p.m. at Marvel Stadium. Now he has an average of one thirty-one point five in his last four against the Hawks. With scores of 136, 115, 114, and 161. And he comes up against the Hawks, as I mentioned, to give away the second most points to inside mids. So could be another big one from Bond. And he went, what, 182 on the weekend? So Yeah, oof. 182. And plays also like on the it. weekend coming up his milestone game. I think it's his 200th game. So extra oh, incentive all coming up to, uh, to, to come out and absolutely obliterate it. But I'm a little bit worried. With Connor Nash, he's been doing a little bit of a tagging mm -hmm. job in recent times um, and is uh, a great sort of pairing against him. But it is Bont, and uh, he is a bit of a threat across the park. So hopefully he can um, shake any tag that he may get. But uh, next up as a VC option, we've got uh, his teammate in Timmy English, the breakfast uh, in that same game. Only averages 87.5 uh, against the Hawks with scores of 102, 82, 103, and 63. And the Hawks have gone in with a two-pronged ruck setup all year. And with Max Lynch injured on the weekend, Lloyd Meek should return to combine with Ned Reeves to try and work over English. However, his hot runner form can't be ignored with no score. Get this lower than 131 this season. Just absolutely insanity. Uh, with an average of 137.8 and a five-round average of 138.6. It just gets better. It's crazy. And it makes him arguably the most informed player outside mm. of maybe Dacos in Supercoach at the moment across the entirety of the season. It's just incredible. Yeah, well, I think it's just the two of them left for the ton run as well. Yeah. Um, so interesting. Interesting. I wish I had him. I wish I had started him. 
like I yep. had intended to. Uh, another Vietnam flashback. Uh, <laughs> moving on to captaincy options. And uh, these are sort of your Saturday, Sunday, Saturday night to end of the round. Um, and we'll kick off with Clary Oliver against North Melbourne on Saturday at 7.25 p.m. at the MCG. And he has an average of 135 in his last four games against the Roos with scores of 178, 116, 137, and 109. And uh, North give away the most points to inside midfielders, so the pink sweaty pig could be enjoying some snout in trough action. Please. <laughs> Absolutely. Please. Uh, I, reckon, I reckon he could. He might be a little bit hungry. Um, yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. You can say please. Maybe if we meet in the middle, maybe around about a 98 score again, maybe. No. On 200, 210. Uh, I want his break to drop. Uh, I want his price to drop. Let's just, <laughs> let's just meet in the middle. But uh, next up, we have Tom Stewart, who faces your mob Essendon on Sunday at 110 p.m. at the G and has an average of 108.75 in his last four games against the Dons with scores of 103, 107, 123, and 102. Mm. And Essendon give away the third most points to opposition slash wing defenders. Um, and the fifth most to general defenders, which could be one to watch as a result. Uh, matchup wise, nice and favorable. Um, how did uh, yeah, how did Darcy Moore go on the weekend? Because in terms of scoring, because he played a great game. He, and I'm thinking... memory, he 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 uh, he bulked up the. I think it was probably late from what I saw anyway when. The match was won for mm. the Pies. They were chipping the ball back and forth. So I probably padded his stats a bit more. Um, yeah, okay, 101. So nothing nothing incredible. Yep. It is but, up on his uh, average of 85.7 though. Yeah, true. Or 79, sorry, 79.8 is his average. So it could be, could be good. Just depends. Yeah, I just think intercepts would be big for them on the weekend. I think we'll get obliterated. Anyway, moving on to Jared Witts against Richmond on Sunday at 3.20 p.m. at Marvel Stadium. And he's an average of 101.5 in his last four against the Tigers with scores of 117, 93, 196. And he will obviously be facing Miller and Ryan, two very inexperienced Druckmann. But the risk is, uh, I guess, is Witts plays. Does he play? Yeah. Is he managed? Is he? I don't even know what. Does he, does he make it? Is he laid out? Oh, probably not. Who one, knows? Yeah, one, one. I mean, you could risk it. You could take the risk. Um, mm. yeah, but probably not one for me. Well, his time on ground on the weekend was sixty-one percent. Yeah, very low. So pretty low, and I mean, they kind of need to play because outside of him, they had Levi rucking and Chol and King when it was in the forward line. So. Uh, yeah, they can't afford to. It's really strange that they didn't play um, Moyle, Moyle, mm. if they were going to in-game manage uh, Wits. But yeah, that's not a good sign. I mean, it's his first game back. Managing probably uh, makes sense, but will it carry forth into the second return game? Mm, a risk, a risk for a captaincy. But let's move on to Rory Laird, who uh, faces the Pies on Sunday at four forty p.m. at. Adelaide Oval and has an average, a whopping average of 140 in his last four games against mm. the Pies with scores of 154, 144, 185, and 77. He's uh, he's hitting his traps at the moment as well. Um, he's come good at the right time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think he's uh, he's going to be in for a, a nice game potentially. Uh, the Pies don't really tag. Uh, they just trust their process, go about it. Um, 
no real edge, I guess, structurally or matchup wise in terms of points given away to opposition inside mids. But yeah, he's someone I think we can now uh, have full faith in once again in mm. having a producing a captaincy score. Uh, his past couple of weeks, he's punched out scores of 126 and 135, both captaincy scores. So I'm happy enough to potentially use him as an option for myself. Yes, I don't mind that option. Moving on to another guy on the same side of the field, Jordan Dawson. He has an average of 98.25 in his last four against the Pies. He scores of 99, 92, 81, and 121. Um, but we have seen what he can do this season with Mammoth scores of Mammoth scores, sorry, of 173 and 152. Obviously, the 78 or whatever it was on the weekend, 76, I can't remember what it was. Um, but yeah, could be just could be a big score from him. Yeah. I don't mind it if you're really also sort of behind, like you need yeah. the win, like trying to just go a bit contrarian, chuck it on Dawson. Um might might not might net you a good score. Yep. No, I agree there. Good tactic to use if need be. But uh let's round it out with uh and it's probably fitting because uh he did put on a bit of a show in the last mm. game of round six to Pep us all up, pep up our spirits um, for those of us who own him. And if you don't, what are you doing? Get him in. He's uh, just an absolute pig. Um, have to give him a bit of a um, a piggish nickname, the oinker or something like, you know, he's not the, the pink sweaty pig. Nah, I feel like it's in. less, less piggish and more seagullish. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Let's call him the, uh, let's call him the seagull. Yeah. He's the new age seagull. He's uh, yep. hip, goes about it. He's got endurance. <laughs> <His> hip. <laughs> <laughs> See, was rolling what, is around. Hip, what is a hip seagull? <laughs> I don't know. He's just new age. He's kind of like someone that uh, listens to alternative music. Um, <laughs> he's really trendy in the way that uh, he wears his shorts. Uh, I don't know. He's only has like, I don't know, triple baked chips or something. <laughs> yeah, crinkle cut. He's got like a real, like, he's a real it's like a chip of... kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like oh, are you talking like hot chips though? Because, yeah, I hot mean, chips. you like hot chips. Maybe he's new age because he likes all types of chips, like you know, oh, French okay. fries, crinkle cut, whether it be, you know, fish and chip chop, yep. chip and fish and chip chop chips. <laughs> Jesus, buddy. <laughs> she sold seashells by the seashore. Oh. Um, and you'll see, uh, you'll see this man there because he's a seagull. Nick Dacos. Uh, <laughs> if you didn't sort of. Uh, Did the know who we were about, talking about? <laughs> pretty obvious. Uh <laughs> Um, faces the Crows, obviously, that same game. Uh, as an average of 108 in his last four games against the Crows with scores of 53 and a 163. So he's coming out for 145. And, of course, I mean, how do you do? Just an Anzac Day medal to boot. But will Matthew Nix be the first coach in season, in the proper season, to finally pay Dacos some attention in the form of a full-game close tag in the form of, say, a, a Berry or a, or a, a Ben Keys, um, aka uh, Pidgeotto uh, from um, from Pokemon with that hairstyle of his, <laughs> a bird on bird, perhaps. Oh, bird on bird. Uh, also, just I don't know if you want to look at this. He's played at Adelaide Oval two times for scores of one sixty three and one twenty eight for an average at the venue of one forty five point five. I mean, it's only. Two games, so probably hard to look at it too much, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. Surely, like now's the time, like any time. I mean, we're six rounds into now, heading to the seven seventh round of the season. Um, hasn't had a, any any close attention applied to him apart from 
Hinkley throwing Buddy Jones onto him for a quarter or two and being absolutely pantsed. But to win an Anzac Day medal, but also mm. win the game virtually off his own boot, just such was his influence. He's kind of up there in terms of influence with like a Jardin Ablett, like champions of years gone by, which is funny to say about a second year player, but mm. he's just, he, he is already next level. He has elevated himself into that status. Such is his influence. So surely that happens this week. So that's the one thing that I'm kind of wary of in putting yeah, the captaincy on him outright. Um, so it might be a bit of an antipod, but again, it's it's it'll be the first game out of seven that uh, someone's actually put a tag on him. So, I mean, I just feel like but, Ben Keys is the perfect option. Like plays as a forward. Yeah, it's just it if he doesn't if if Ben Keys doesn't tag him, then like I just don't think he's ever going to get tagged. Like, yeah, that's a fair point. Like we were chatting about it uh, briefly mm. prior to the record of this episode, and you made a very good point about. Yeah, Keys is, is already playing up forward. So it's not as if you're grabbing a traditional midfielder that's used as a tagger, such as like yeah. a, a McGuinness or a, um, I don't know who else is really out there as a genuine tagger anymore, but you don't have to displace them to play them in the forward, in the forward line. line. So, and the one thing about Keys is he's got that strength where, yes, he knows how to tag, he knows how to shut down a player, but he also has that extra strength to his bow where on the offensive, he can hurt that, you know, direct opponent mm. by kicking goals and having an influence in the game. So I really like it. That's a good suggestion, I think. Um, and yeah, it, if, if it doesn't happen, it's never going to happen. As you say, it's surely week on week with every standout performance, we're edging closer to it happening. Like it has to happen. So I don't know. has to be the week, surely. Matthew Home needs crowd. We're both, we're both available for the weekend if you need us. Ex- exactly. Tacticians, <laughs> get us in there. Get us in the boardroom. We'll throw the Magnus around. Don't worry. Um, pretty straightforward, I think. Keys, just just get him on him. Get him on him. Oh, incredible. But, uh, Liam, let's yes. jump into our little captaincy head-to-head. Mm. Do you want to sum us up what's happened? So you obviously got the captaincy, not the captain's armband, the captain's hat. And that's going over the shoulder of me yet again, unfortunately. And you get to um, have it there, pride of place, on your desk. I'll put it on the chair behind me. <laughs> no, it's not hang. No, see, it needs to be on your head or... No. or okay, not okay. No. Too humble. Too, Too humble. humble. I what, can't what happened? do it. What happened? What was the... Uh, I'm kind of... It's, it's the common theme for me from week to week now. It's kind of, yeah. as I said, I'm winning our head-to-head weeklies, but you are absolutely trouncing me on the other hand, which one would I prefer? I think I prefer the, the head to head. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yes, unfortunately you did pick the running man and he obviously went down and as you have dubbed him, he was the crawling man, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, poor guy. Um, which does mean that I have uh, the four wins to your one. Um, and I picked Oliver um, just for context um, who scored 98. So there was a 58 point, Differential there, um, which gets added on to uh, the the total. Um, but yeah, that's it, I guess. This week, I've got first pick. Mm, you do. Mm, Who are you going to go? Who are you going to go with? Well, I can't go Oliver. I've shot myself on the foot here. But would you want to go for him? No. Yes. <laughs> he's going to score 210. I am going to go Timmy English for the first time. No, I've already done, I've gone him before, but that's fine. Yeah, yep. yep. Timmy English. Uh, I think he's going to score well. Personally, mm-hmm. can just continue the ton run. 
I was I actually didn't even bank on I didn't even it didn't even occur to me that you've already selected Oliver last week and mm. you're gonna select him again. So he was my option actually, Timmy English, if you didn't go for for uh for Oliver. Um so this is kind of like a bit of a um a bit of a double-edged sword, maybe potentially, because either way, I'm gonna go for Clary, of course, against North. Silly not to, given the historical form line and just given that his high floor is as high as it is at the moment. But if he doesn't score well enough for me to, to give me to grant me the win in our captaincy head to head, it'll mean that potentially he has a low score. So either way, I'm winning. <laughs> uh, so I I have to barrack against myself this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. See the tables have turned, Mister. No, it's all right. I want. I want. To, <laughs> I want. Uh, I want our friend, uh, what's his name? Clary Oliver to score 210 and for Timmy English to score 211. Oh, very good. Very good. I like that. That'd be the one one uh, result where I would be crying as yeah. I wipe away a, a tear that's already uh, surfaced. Um, oh. But yeah, I'm going to go for Clary. Um, yeah. Sweet, sweet bacon. That's what I would be doing if I thought ahead. <laughs> I know. We never think ahead with these at all. In fact, who's Clary got after this week? I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> he might he might have an absolute bloody rip snorter uh, matchup that's even better. Um but I'll back it in either way. But as I as I do that, I'll punch it in. And oh it's Gold Coast. He has Gold Coast. Who he has the best average against out of any opponent. 131.6. Nah, I'm yeah. gonna back him in. I'm gonna back yeah. him in, don't worry, because I'll probably get him in next week anyway. So uh <laughs> <laughs> I won't really. Uh, I won't have a coin for him. Um, yeah, against Gold Coast. Oh, it's at 121, 166, 106, 175, 143, 147, and a 112. No, I'm backing him in this week. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be projecting ahead. I'm going for the win. Well, I would have him next week anyway. This first yeah. no. Sorry, no, you would have first choice next week. Yeah, so you could take him. Yeah, it could, could be tactical, it. but no, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna back him Come in. Come on. Oh. Because right. I wanted to score low. Because I'm almost the curse when it comes to yeah. captaincy choices. I'm glad that I don't have Clary because if I had him and then I he was my choice, yeah, it would hurt me. That would hurt as much. But anyway, uh, let's move on um, to our uh, our Supercoach Edge uh, Cup public group uh, and the results across the board for round six for our uh, our groups, our Patreon subscribers. And uh, everyone else. So uh, let's kick it off with the Supercoach Edge Cup public group leader because it is, again, it's a very, it's, well, it's Shia, Shia Butter or Shay. Uh, apologies, we always butcher your name and I just make a complete Back to the top it. again. Uh, back to the top. Uh, the team puzzles round score of 2318, if you don't mind. Uh, awesome score there. Total score of 13,438 and an overall rank of 75. So, Shay, you are smashing it um but the top scorer for the week was reese's pieces with a score of 2410 who finished 11th for the round overall uh for the weekly so well done tip of the cap there to you reese i gather your name is reese given the uh the pun with reese's pieces yes and for our patreon exclusive group the leader yet again is t with his team prostitutes uh, he had a round score of 2,248, a total score of 13,000. 
243 at an overall rank of 777. So he has been the top scorer for round again. Uh, dead again. Just, just top scores everywhere. So another double serving of a well done to him. And I'm pretty sure as well, uh, a bit of a um, unearthing of a, a hidden gem here. Oh, he's someone that we know. Prestitutes Inc. It's one of the uh, one of the longtime fans followers. He's actually the matchmaker you could call him to us and Shorty. Jonas oh, goes. Is that the case? Yes, because I I, uh, I jumped onto Shorty's live that he did on Thursday. I think it was. And I was in the chat there and um, joined in and Jonas was like, Hey, at super coach edge, uh, I've um, on top yet again, yada, yada, yada in the, in the group prestitutes Inc. And I was like, that's you. That is you. Well, what's with T? I thought his name was Jonas. That's, that's disappointing. <laughs> it's not the case. It's disappointing. <laughs> what are you hiding T? Are you like some sort of villain, some bond villain in a lair? Um, but anyway, uh, in the terms of our Patreon exclusive, if you go to Edge Let's Cash stop League. offending our, our good listeners. <laughs> We're going to have none left by the end of the season, <laughs> the way I'm going. But the results looked like this with Popperball FC uh, defeating Black on White. Um, a bit of an upset there because Black on White has been in good form. Mm. Uh, Popperball, 2,111, defeated Black on White, 1990. Uh, good year, maybe. I don't know. I was only two years old. Uh, Church of Parish, uh, 2121. Uh, defeated by, I didn't even realize we were matching up against each other. Yeah. Defeated by uh, me, DJ Trade a Lot, with a score of 2188. Tankers, our uh, combined father in law, uh, Pete, uh, ended up defeating Tun 618, which was uh, a score of 2137 against 2092. And then Carps Crushers to round it out with a score of 2,105, was de defeated by the Sharpshooters with a score of 2,184. So the ladder looks like this, Liam. Yes, Brett with his team's type Sharpshooters is in first place on 16 points with four wins and one loss. In second is Matthew Tun, 618, 12 points, three wins and two losses. Damon, you're sitting pretty in a third spot. DJ trade a lot. 12 points, three wins, two losses. Scott Arthur rounds out the top four. Black on white, 12 points, three wins, two losses. Very, very big long jam here. Uh, in fifth place, we've got Wade, Carps Crushers, 12 points, uh, three wins, two losses. Dylan is in sixth place with his team, Popper Ball FC, eight points, uh, two wins, three losses. Peter with his team, Tankers, is in seventh spot on eight points, two wins, and three losses. And I... Yet again, sit on the bottom of the ladder with zero points, with <laughs> zero wins and five losses. And I am, I'm a bit annoyed this week because yeah. I would have beaten four other teams. It's just like every week I'm just playing. Yeah, it's true. I'm playing someone that's just, <clears throat> anyway, it is what it is. It four is other teams. what it is. Yeah. Jeez, that's right as well. Yeah. Oh, it's one of those weeks I was saying to you, it's almost, I reckon there's at least one league that I'm in every single year. It doesn't have to be the same league, but there's yeah. at least one league where I, despite the fact that I'm scoring pretty well from week to week overall, I have my opponents virtually play their grand final against me on that given week. Even when it's a team that's down the yeah. bottom, they have like players that, that score well above their projection and just trounce me. And it's just so annoying. And then I have my, for differential and against, and I've got like against is like in the top one to two, and my score four is in like again the top one, two, three, top five, and it's just like yeah, you find harsh. yourself out of the eight. Yeah, 
it's, it's frustrating because the results should be going the other way. But again, Liam, I have faith. I have faith. Who do you, who do you face next week? It's, I reckon it's, um, you might have uh, easier prospects. Maybe I thought it was going to be a win against me because I think your projection. My really projection was week, good. Was good. And you were actually going to beat me based upon yeah. projections. And I was like, oh, okay, well, here's your first win. Um, but yeah, it wasn't to be. I was going to say very noble of you anyway, to continue propping up the ladder. That's what you're, that's what you're like. You're just that noble person who continues doing so. So I'm up against Poppable FC, Dylan. I'm coming for uh, you, Dylan. Exactly. <laughs> this is this is the week. This is the week. We say every week, this is the week. That's, it sounds like me when it comes to our captaincy head to head. This is the week. This is the oh. week. But, uh, anyway, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, hopefully we've uh, pepped up your spirits after a, um, a shitful round all around and we've, we've helped you um, forget about it, uh, despite the fact that I've just reminded everyone about it. But before we go, Liam, where can our listeners find us across our socials? Yes, uh, if you want to watch watch us in vodcast form, uh, on YouTube, search Supercoach Edge and please don't forget to like and subscribe. We are edging closer and closer to our 1K goal by the end of the season. Uh, so thank you to everyone that subscribed. But uh, yeah, if you listen to the podcast, jump across. Uh, on Twitter, you'll find us at, at supercoach underscore edge, David at, at demoj88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. And on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for all your all your memes, all your all your latest news, uh, search Supercoach Edge, and that is where you'll find us. <clears throat> Very nice. And as I refresh our uh, YouTube channel, we've actually got another subscriber, which is oh, yes. Uh, so thank you to whoever that was. Um, and we're now up to 739. So if you're watching it, uh, watching this at the moment, uh, hopefully it's past that point. But uh, if you haven't subscribed, get onto it. Thank you uh, in advance and help us on our way to that 1K subscriber mark. But yeah, as I said, that's it for another episode. So thanks as always for tuning in and uh, goes without saying. This week, it's going to be a better week. Rosier prospects. Hopefully that we've pepped you up, put a pep in your step, and we'll catch you same time, same place. We'll see you then. See you guys.